Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. There's a couple series will be finished this week. The eternal book of Job. That was finished before. Heavenly Father, we just ask now, Lord, to bless the message. Father, as we finish up this series of messages on take, Lord, I pray that you would just give clarity of thought in mind. Father, take control of my mind and my mouth, the actions of my hands and feet. And Father, just speak to our hearts and help us, Father, to realize, Lord, the different things that we can learn that you want for your children. Just bless the message now in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow was cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And this is our last message in this series of things that we saw that God would want us to take. Okay, Because if we started this, this is telling you, don't make it about yourself. And the world makes everything about ourselves. You know, and I started this message when this stuff was coming out so much and the attacks were happening to the justices because of them rightfully ruling on Roe versus Wade. Okay, when the most one of the most liberal judges ever in the Supreme Court, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, said this was a bad ruling back when it happened, and it eventually would be overturned. Okay, and we talked about that. And you know, the thing is, we get caught up in us wanting, and it's about me and how what we're going to take and what I need and what I deserve. And to this, God says, take no thought for your life. Don't take thought of what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, your body, your clothing. And then we've continued in the series now. We're looking at things God tells us to take. And the first thing we did is we went to Psalm 116, verses 1 through 13. And verse 13 says, And I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord, because that's man's most important need. Without salvation, nothing else matters. All eternity rests on that. So that's speaking of salvation. Then we looked at take my yoke in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. 
We won't finish that. And that was speaking of service. God is telling us, Jesus says, I've taken your yoke. I've taken the weight of your sin. Now, you take service for me. And we looked at different verses with that. We also looked at take up the cross from Matthew 16, verses 21 through 25, because that speaks of his suffering. And our Bible says, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall what? Suffer persecution. So, so far we've seen you need to take up salvation. You need to take up service. You need to understand you're going to take up suffering. You can't get away from it. It rains on the just and the unjust. Okay, Patrick, or not Patrick. Andrew asked prayer because simply it becomes, when you serve the Lord, many times it becomes more dangerous. You know what happens when you don't serve Him? Your sin and yourself get you. Okay? But when you're serving, you come under the microscope, okay, of the enemy of your soul. And so you have to be careful with that. Okay? Then we saw in John 11, 20 through 46, we read the verses there, take away the stone. Okay? And we talked about stumbling blocks brought into our lives. And the stumbling block is an opportunity for the grace and the power of God. If you've you got a stumbling block, you need to turn to God for it. It can, it can increase your faith and how to act on it. And then we talked about not being a stumbling block to others. Okay, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Romans 14, 13. Then we, and that is stumbling blocks. So we've seen salvation, we've seen service, we've seen suffering, we've seen stumbling blocks. And then we read in Isaiah chapter 27, take hold of my strength. And we went to 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, where the Apostle Paul ended up realizing you have to realize the sufficiency of God. That's where God tells Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in what? Whose weakness? Not God's. My weakness. Your weakness. So there's the su sufficiency of that. We went to Hosea 14. This is okay. So A, B, C, D, 4, 5, 6. Take with you words. Okay. Hosea 14, verses 1 through 3. And in Hebrews 13, 5, it says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We talked about the spiritual battle and the need of being able to realize that uh, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then finally, my brethren, what sort of things are you got to learn to dwell on the right things or you're going to get caught up and your heart's going to get really heavy. Right? What sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a good report? If there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. Okay, and so that was the, the sixth one. Last week we looked at Take Now Thy Son from Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2, and spent a long time in there. And the idea is sacrifice. And I asked you, you know, I told you about uh, Sam Gibbs' message, What is your Isaac? What do you understand 
it can cost you when you put something ahead of God. What do you love more than God? So we need to. Abraham had to. Abraham had to learn, didn't he? Did he understand that when he was called out of the Ur of Chaldees in Genesis 12? No. Skin for skin, what would a man give for his own soul? I mean, <laughs> Abraham's wife had to take care of things for him twice. Okay, but he had to learn and. Isaac was the promise for him. Amen? So we looked at we spent time on that. And tonight we are going to finish. See how quick I did that? I don't know if I can still give you back your 15 minutes or not. Look at Exodus chapter 34. It's saying, but we're New Testament Christians. I'll get there. Exodus 34. Look at verse 12. This is a warning. It's God's covenant with His chosen people. God the Father's chosen people, the Israelites. Verse 12, Take heed to thyself. So this one, I'm telling you, the take you're supposed to do is take heed to thyself. In other words, pay attention, be careful of what God says to you. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the, in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, for thou shalt worship no other god. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods, and make thy sons to go a-whoring after their gods. Thou shalt make thee no molten gods. What's implied here is separation. Okay? It's not preached on much in evangelical churches anymore. And you need to understand that's why we have the condition we have. If biblical Christians, when I say, all the saved people voted according to God's Word, we would not have the issues we're having today in this country. It's plain and simple with that. Okay, but we've compromised. As the world has gotten worse, the church has kind of followed it. We're still a distance away, but we're not where our ancestors were. Okay? So it's, it's implying separation. Now, I want you to think about the last thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I tell people all the time, you have to be in the world. You're here. You're breathing. You're living, right? Are you all living? I haven't put you all to permanent sleep yet, right? Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are, if you're saved, you're what? The temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 
and will be a father unto you, and ye shall not, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. See, so it's not just the Old Testament saints. It's not just Israel. It applies to us today. If you've been saved any length of time, you've seen somebody who's fell away from the Lord because they compromised with their lost co-workers, fellow students, neighbors. The list could go on. Do I say you cut them off? No, but you know what you can do? (laughs) Make sure that you've opened your mouth. Because we'll go back to the very first thing God wants you to take. A cup of salvation. You know, many times you can have friends and they may not get saved. And I'm not saying every time you see them, you shove it down their throat. That's not what I'm speaking of. But do they know that you're different? I'm going to go a little bit farther. I hadn't been saved very long. I was working at Hammer and Mill Paper Company. All right? Every Thursday, Judy and we didn't have any children yet, every Thursday I would go with a man I was like a second father to me. I wasn't saved and we would go to a bar and cash our paychecks. On Thursday, we got paid on Thursday. We'd cash the paycheck right there. They'd have pepperoni and cheese. Now you know why I went there. And they would drink beer, and I don't like beer. I don't like the taste of it. Never did. It's not tempted by that. I'm not tempted by alcohol, but I wanted to fit in. I was lost, and so I went with them, and I would drink the cheapest thing I could find, Corby's and Coke. And then I got saved. And I stopped drinking Corby's and Coke. But all I drank was Coke. And I ate my pepperoni and cheese because you put a little extra money in for that. But I would go with them and there'd be like 10 of the mechanics, a couple of electricians and myself, and we'd go cash our paychecks. And I got saved. I quit drinking. I still went there for about three or four months. And then God beat me up because I wasn't telling them about the Savior. The minute I started talking to them about the Savior, the man who was like a second father to me looked at me and said, Brian, you don't belong here anymore. You shouldn't come into here. And I looked at him and I said, you know something? You're right. He goes, we don't want to listen to you. And you don't belong here with us. The only other times I've ever stepped into a bar since then is at Christmas time over at the Hannibal Hotel to hand out tracks is you people were singing out front. So you know what happens? Separation sometimes, it's not what you leave behind, it's what you're separated to. And if you know and they know that you are a Christian, guess what? They have better standards for you than you have for yourself. They do. Okay, and you need to understand that. So it says, come ye out and be ye separate. Now, Israel got in trouble with that. They were called out. We read that passage, right? Go to Deuteronomy quickly, Deuteronomy chapter 7, because God didn't tell them it just one time. They struggled as they were coming through to get to the promised land, and they hadn't quite got there. And now they're, he's telling them again in Deuteronomy chapter 7, he says, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, 
Verse 1, and, it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor shalt show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou take many, or neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. But thus shall ye deal with them, after ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. I think the... Gergesites, the Hittites, the Parasites, or Perizzites, and the Canaanites and Hivites knew that they were God's chosen people by the time they'd done that, right? For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all the people that are upon the earth. Okay, and I can continue down through this passage, and he warns them again, down through verse 11. And he says, Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. What was Israel's problem? They failed to maintain their separation. Go to Nehemiah. Okay? Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Chapter 13. Nehemiah is making a statement before his God, and in verse 23, at the end of the book, okay, now what had happened to Israel before they'd gone into how many years of captivity? Because they had forgotten their God and compromised. And God got bad. You know what they did? They stopped coming to the temple. They stopped coming in their villages to their synagogues. And God got back 70 years of Sabbaths. Yeah, how many years they had pulled away from God, he got back 70 years. How many Sabbaths that is? They went in captivity. They cried, they pled, and God finally brought them out. That's what Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther are about. And in verse 23, in those days, now they're back, they're trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That was Nehemiah's job. Okay? And in those days I saw I Jews that had married the wives of Ashdod and Ammon in Moab. And their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod and could not speak in the Jews' language, but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them, and cursed them, and smote certain of them, and plucked off their hair, and made them swear by God, saying, Ye shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons or for yourselves. Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations there was no king like him, who was beloved of his God. And God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin 
See what's going on? Shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God in the marrying of strange wives? See, because they were trying to get them to compromise again. If you read in Nehemiah what the book is about, and one of the sons of Jehoiada, the son of, the son of Eliashib, the high priest, was the son-in-law to Sanballat the Horonite. Therefore I chased him from me. And he says, remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. See, the priest wasn't supposed to marry outside of the tribes. Thus cleansed I them from all strangers and appointed the wards of the priests and the Levites, everyone in his business, and for the wood offering at times appointed and for the first fruits. Remember me, O my God, for good. That's what they forgot and they let go. One last place and we're done. Revelation chapter 18. We're coming to the end of the tribulation and God's judgment is coming out in this. And it says in Revelation 18, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having a great power, having great power in the earth, was lighted, lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit in the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, What? Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. If you forget, you need to remember. God doesn't. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. I have lost friends. I do. Probably all of you who are adults in here have someone who's lost. Have you witnessed to them? Or do you avoid it? Because you know what happens generally? You can continue because you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You can continue with that friendship to witness to them. But they should not be your primary. And young people, I've watched many a young woman and many a young man ruin their lives because they didn't pay attention to that and they gave in to the concerns of their flesh by not putting God first. And they don't think about it. I've had women crying in my office because they weren't allowed to bring their children to church. Married to a lost man. Now, it happens. Are you bringing it before them? You need to understand. God says we're to be separate. So that's why I say, take heed unto thyself. Take heed unto thyself. I'm not your judge. I'm not your jury. I'm not your executioner. 
I just want you to know what the Word of God says. So when something comes, you can't say you didn't know. Amen? And all God's people said, Amen. Good night and God bless.